Hello and welcome to Wrestling Newspaper FM. You're listening to the Wrestling Newspaper Weekly. I am joined by Danny of the Wrestling Newspaper. Danny, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good, thank you. We had a very nice week this week. Um, enjoyed it very much. Uh, you also included an appearance uh, with yourself, wasn't it? Yeah, last weekend we were ready to go to the Fight Club Pro Dream Tag Team Invitational. I was trying to persuade you to come all week. You eventually decided to come about an hour before I was setting off. I got the last last ticket to the show. The very last ticket. So, yeah, so we've obviously got the vlog. Not the vlog, the vlog up of the show. It's a, um, it's a vlog. It's a vlog. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, I am always going to call it a vlog. Once you've called something in your head, it's like, it'd be like me saying it's not tomato, it's tomato. It's fucking no, tomato. It, would, it wouldn't. That's that's a cultural difference. It's not a. Um, it, it, it's not how you say it. It's vlog. And People from Lancashire yeah, say vlog. No, they don't. They don't. You say vlog. Everybody else in the world says vlog. I bet you you're one, the type of person that says gif instead of gif, don't you? No gif. So, ladies and gentlemen, so last weekend we were at Fight Club Pro. Uh, last night, Danny, you were at Jimmy Havoc. I'm just going to quickly run through the topics of discussion on this week's Wrestling Newspaper Weekly. We will be talking about a possible Daniel Bryan injury, a headline that sends shudders around the wrestling world with what happened all those years ago. Um, we also have discussion on Kevin Owens turning on Kofi Kingston. We will be doing, Danny will be doing a review of Ring of Honor Masters of the Craft from a couple of weeks ago. We will also be doing a review of 205 Live, a show which often gets overlooked. Not many people recap these shows. However, it's a very good wrestling show, one that deserves talking about. We'll be talking about New Japan, all your big news from WWE, all the big news from the wrestling world. But like we were just talking about, we were talking about the Fight Club Pro Tag Team Invitational from last week. Danny, you enjoyed the show? Enjoyed it greatly, yeah. It was my first experience, Fight Club Pro. Uh, as I say, the as you said, sorry, there is the, the, the vlog that's on the YouTube channel, so please do go and catch up with that. Subscribe to the channel. Um, it was a really good day out. It was... Unexpected, I got me tickets on the day um, and we headed down there. I bumped into a load of people that I haven't seen for a long time and it was a lot of really, really good good wrestling on the show. Yeah, the best thing about that was, Danny, I've not even mentioned this to you, so, right, just so, you can, so our audience can gather this, right? Before, I'm someone, when I go to wrestling shows, I never used to know anybody, so I'd go to the wrestling show and it'd be like my time away from real life. I'd watch the show... I'd have a fizzy drink, not an alcoholic drink, a fizzy drink, watch the show, enjoy it, and then go back to my normal life. So I said to Danny, before we left my van, Danny, try not to introduce me to any people. I don't. I, I know enough people at wrestling now. I just, I just like to go to the show, not have people bother me, and just be very antisocial. So the first thing that happens when we walk in, uh, Dan, let's go and talk to my mate over here. We go and talk to his mate over here. Dan, I'm just going outside for a vape. We go outside for a vape. Oh, Dan, this is my mate from Rev Pro. Then we go back inside. Oh, Dan, this is my other mate. I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm never going to be able to uh, 
relax at a wrestling show again and be as antisocial as ever. But yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're in a social situation and somebody comes over and starts speaking to you, it's only good manners to introduce you to the person that you're with. Yeah, I know. I'm only messing with you. Usually I'd just be like, all right, nod my head and then look at my phone. Why are you single? Because I am a genius. That is why I am single. Fucking hell. Still right. Uh, yeah, we'll try and be a little bit more professional <laughs> for this show. But yeah, if you want to swear, Danny, you are more than welcome to swear. Speaking of swearing, how was your night with Jimmy Havoc last night? Jimmy, Jimmy fucking, fucking Havoc. Havoc. <laughs> It was really good, and again, uh, we've done uh, a little mini vlog um, which has gone up today on YouTube. I re really enjoyed the whole experience. Um, I am, I've been to TNT shows before. I've not been to every show. It is, it's in my city. It's on a Thursday night, usually. Um, however, every time I've been, I've usually enjoyed it. There was the last show I went to. There was certain issues with the sight lines because we got in late. We were right at the back. However, the show was good itself. Um, the great thing about it is you, you go in there and Jay, who runs TNT Extreme Wrestling, he's one of the most personable and approachable people that you'd ever wish to meet. As soon as you walk in that door, he knows you. Hey, Danny, you're okay. How are things? You know, He's welcoming you straight away. He's making a fuss of you. Um and we walked in. It was really organised because we'd gone for the extreme VIP meet and greet straight into the straight into the building. And as soon as you walked in, you were in the queue to get your picture taken with Havoc, Jack Jester, Drew Parker, and um, Mikey Whiplash. And you, you walked straight into the queue. So there was only a few people in front of me. Got in, got the picture took, uh, got it took again because I asked Tony Knox to make me look less fat. So um, Jack Jester and uh, Whiplash stood in the way of my belly, which was quite amusing. Then once you had that done, you went straight back into another queue to sort of loop around. Once everyone had had the pictures taken, you were then in line to have the your poster signed. I lost my poster because I had a bit to drink, but they all four of them signed it. All four of them were really, really nice at the meet and greet in terms of They'd had a little chat with you. They'd have a little laugh with you. Once that was done, gave you five, ten minutes to get a pint in. Then there was a curtained-off area with a stage, a couple of screens, and you went straight in there. And within ten minutes of everyone getting the photos and the uh, the posters done, the show was starting. Um, it was really, give you time to get your pint in, and it was it was a really good show. I, I said on on the vlog that these guys told stories, but they didn't tell specifically specifically controversial stories, but they spoke openly and honestly, you know, without worrying. Oh, if I say this, I might not get into the WWE. They just spoke without fear of reprisal, um, and I think that was it was interesting to see. Um, it was a very very good show. They are doing it for their on demand service, I believe, because there was cameras there. There was a hard cam and two floating cams. So, uh, if you do get a chance. Have a little look at it because it, there's some fantastic, funny stories. It was like watching five mates in an intimate venue talk about their experiences in wrestling. 
and you were just part, you were just listening into the conversation. The also the good thing that he didn't do was go out to the crowd too early and start asking for questions. It wasn't until the last 10 minutes of the show that they did that. Because I don't know how many Q&As you've been to, Dan, but when you get them, everyone asks the same questions. And as an MC, you can't go up to have look at somebody and think, are they going to ask a bloody silly question or are they going to ask a good question? So it's hard to manage, but I think it was yeah. done really, really well. They'd chosen some questions off Twitter that were obviously good questions. And then, as I say, the last 10, 15 minutes or so, they had questions from the audience. But again, it, it, it was nice to hear. It was really, really different than the Q&As that have been through before. Um, they also did commentary on their four-way match from the last TNT show where they all fought each other. So that was good. Uh, Primate turned up unannounced. He was part of the panel as a little extra. Uh, I ended up going to uh, an after-party uh, thanks to Jay, you invited me, um, and it was it was a really good time. Got home about half one, um, and uh, a little bit worse for her. Yeah, a little bit worse for that. I'm not surprised with that. Seeing it was Jimmy fucking havoc, but um, yeah. So I'm glad you had a good night, Danny. Um, sometimes I got I've been to a few Q and As, and they're a bit awkward. I'm guessing yes. someone like Jimmy Havoc stops that from happening, or he'd be very good. At sort of, do you know what I mean? Getting the crowd loose compared well, to, say, a formal Q&A. Well, they were, that, they were all good, to be honest with you, because you had different, obviously, completely different characters. You've got uh, Mikey Whiplash, who's quite, uh, he, he certainly says what he feels, and he'll, there's no bullshit with him. You know where you stand. Then you've got Jester, who's really, really funny, told a story about a swing going to booking into a swingers hotel in Blackpool by accident when he was there for the show. Um, and walking into what he thought was a door but was actually a glory hole. And um <laughs> he was really, really amusing. Uh, Drew Parker, obviously a lot younger than the rest of them. He got the piss taken out of him constantly for being young. He played it off wonderfully. He didn't get a cob on, just laughed along with it. Um, Primate, he was probably the least vocal of, of the group, but he added in a few one-liners, and Jimmy Havoc was just absolutely hilarious. Yep, so Jimmy Havoc, he's sort of on, like, his glory... Do you know what I mean? He's at the end of his uh, independent run, I think. He, it's his last match with Progress... I believe in the, in the upcoming weeks. Is that a strong style sixteen or a few weeks later? I, I think it may be. I, I don't know his schedule to be honest with you. Yeah, but I, he is, he's actually he's actually going over and, and um, moving to the states as well. So it's not just oh, you know yeah. uh, he's actually up and moving. He's been in the UK independent scene for years now. I think it's time in it. Same same with him and Haskins. It's time that the do you know what I mean? They move on yeah. to bigger and better promotions. More people can see. There's only so much you can do on the independent scene. Well, in especially the, the... Okay. Go on, sorry, miss. No, I'd, I'd finished. I'd finished. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. In the UK, because obviously we're such a small country, you'll see fans up and down the country. Like I saw guys, a couple of guys in Wolverhampton who were there last night, um, who you'll also see in progress in Manchester, who you might see in Rev Pro in London. So, the, he's being watched, no matter how many different companies he's working for, he's being watched by a lot of the same people, him and Haskins. So as yeah. you say, to get him over there into a situation where he's fresh, 
Um, I, I know my interest levels and Mark Haskins, who I've always thought is a fantastic wrestler, but in terms of his character and what he's been doing over the years, my uh, enthusiasm for him has waned over the course of the last two years. Since it, since he dropped the, um, he vacated the Progress title, I'll be honest. But now he's in ROH, he's working a new, um, new storyline with new people. It's great to see, and I and I hope that that'll give Jimmy Havoc the you know the, the same reboot, if you like, because he's going to be going into a top company. And don't get me wrong, he's done CCW, he's done the American companies before, like the Super Indies. However, this could be because he's he's a character wrestler as well, isn't he? And I yeah. think he can fit so well into storylines. The the first proper big proper independent storyline in this country for years was Jimmy Havoc a progress, you know, so he can do it. Let's just see. Let, let, let's hope he can do it in the long term. I think he will. Yeah, definitely. He's a great addition, I think, for AEW. So if you want to listen to more of Danny at the Jimmy Havoc show, make sure to check our vlog on the Wrestling Newspaper FM YouTube. Just simply search Wrestling Newspaper or the links to our YouTube channel are pinned at the top of our Twitter page. Um, obviously, that, this was a TNT show, so as well, go and check them out. They have an on-demand service. Their last show had a main event of Pack against Pentagon Junior, which is a huge match for them to get. So make it's sure a, you. It's a huge, a huge match, and it's so they always sell out as well um, for the big shows. I'm sorry to butt in there, Dan. Um, next, Danny, week you've got carry. The- Carry on talking. I am absolutely roasting. I'm going to go and change my T-shirt. No so you tell everyone about the yeah. TNT show. So the TNT show, Pac, uh, the the one with Pac versus Pentagon, as I say, sold out. He does really well. It's in a nightclub. It's a, a venue that gets really, really noisy. And obviously the, the drinks aren't too expensive, so it's a nice atmosphere. But what TNT do, they make sure that the wrestlers are well looked after. So they really enjoy being there. They might not be there long. I think Walter did four or five dates with with them, but he was well looked after and he enjoyed coming. So they've got a development brand, I suppose you could call it, um, or a trainee show, but they're not actually trainees. They've, it's called uh, TNT Ignition, and there's one on, um, on Thursday, which I think is the 2nd of May. Double-check that on your calendars. Um, so this, this coming Thursday... And it's Infusion Nightclub in Liverpool, which is just by Constant Square, just off Constant Square. Uh, tickets start at about £15, uh, £20 for the early entry and the poster sign and meet and greet. Um, so, so that's good. It's going to have Sona Derson versus Johnny, um, Johnny Storm, which I think will be a fantastic match. Anyone who hasn't seen Sona Derson. Great, great young talent. He's been placed as the next last couple of years as being the next big thing in British wrestling. And for whatever reason, and it's certainly not a lack of talent, he just hasn't hit the big time. Um, so, hoping that uh, seeing a good performance from him because every time I've seen him, he's been very, very good. Yep. So, check out TNT. What was that next Thursday night? Yeah, I think it's the 2nd of May, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Just check. If dates. you can get down to that, if you're in the Liverpool area, then definitely head down to that. So, as I say, go and check that out on our vlog on the Wrestling Newspaper YouTube. Um, so, for all you WWE fans who are wondering what we're talking about, Jimmy Havoc moving to AEW, I'm sure you will hear a lot more about Jimmy Havoc. 
just just give it a try, basically. But for the WWE fans listening to the show, we are now going to be discussing WWE. Danny, I was going to start with SmackDown, but there's only one place to start for me, and that is what I woke up to on Tuesday morning. So I watched Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., a match we'll get to later. Late Monday night, late Monday night, I watched it. It was probably the last thing that I watched before bed. So, great match. It was an unbelievable match. So, I fall asleep, and I wake up, and I pick up my phone. I go onto Facebook. What do I see? It's Bray Wyatt. And I thought, oh, my God. I w- the last wrestling thing I watched was an amazing match. And now I open my phone to this. It is Bray Wyatt in, I don't even know how to describe it. As you've all seen the video now, in a kids video, I don't know. Bray Wyatt just, ugh. The, they wasted his last gimmick so much. I was kind of hoping, like, right, you've tried with this superficial gimmick, whatever, for ages. We know that you can't book this sort of stuff, even though you came very close to succeeding until you had him lose to John Cena at WrestleMania. So I just thought, right, now, just have him be himself. Sometimes these superficial gimmicks don't necessarily work in this day and age, especially when it's WWE right in it as we saw with the Matt Hardy gimmick, the Woken gimmick. So I just thought, let's just have Bray Wyatt go out there. He's amazing on the microphone, as we've all seen. He's not the best in the ring, but he's fine at WWE level. Just have him go out there. But no, a year out and we come back to, what is it, Bray Wyatt's Funhouse. Danny, are you as down on it as me? I know, Martin, if you're listening, you thought it was great. You thought it was fantastic. But at the same time, you're a big fan of the Avengers, so I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Danny, what were your views on the Bray Wyatt new gimmick? Well, first of all, don't be hating on the Avengers. Um, (laughs) Thank you for your input. Um, It's a strange one for me. Part of me wants to get excited about it because I see the possibilities going down the line. If you're old like me, you'll remember Dunk the Clown. The initial idea for Dunk the Clown was fantastic. Um, he was to be the evil clown. How many people in the world are frightened of clowns? Um, quite a lot, shockingly. But he was going to be that, that clown that turned very dark and he'd be spraying things in your face and laughing, and being with kids in the crowd. But then all of a sudden, the dark side would come over him and that was what that was what the gimmick was originally meant to be. However, I don't know whether it was because of merch sales or a change in creative. He just became this annoying clown. <laughs> the clown is down. And when he went to WCW, I think it was Matt Bourne who used to play the play Dunk or the original. There's about twenty-three of them in the end, but when he went to ECW, you'd see every every week that part of his makeup was coming off. More and more of his makeup was coming off, and it was about it was going to be about him escaping the clown character. But I think I don't know whether he had issues with alcohol or he was. He, it, it did the storyline didn't see see through him. Now I was very much a fan of the Wire family when they first come out. These. Guys, these cult-like guys from the, from the swamp who were going over and fighting with the shield, and they, yeah. they, they were great, weren't they? At it, first. It, it was, was great. And it was fresh. 
it, it was fresh. It was a new direction. And even when he was fighting Cena and all the kids turned up in the sheep mask, um, singing he's got the whole world, it was very, very well done. Probably wouldn't understand it if you switched over and that was your first wrestling show that you'd seen. You would just think, <laughs> what the fuck are these weirdos doing? However, we've seen these, and, and again, you alluded to the Matt Hardy incident. So this is going to be a, hey, kids, this is, and this is, you know, talking about the evils of the world. And it's got the, it's got the possibility of being really good. However, my, 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 my experience tells me that it will get so far. And it will, it will the the the, the longevity of the storyline will die a death. Um, yeah. and that there's a ceiling number. to it. Well, it could be for a number of reasons. Either uh, it doesn't get over, the writers get bored, or Vince McMahon gets bored of what the writers are, are giving him, or he starts selling merch. And if he starts selling merch, he'll be in that role for another three years, and they won't change. You won't see. That dark side, it will, it will be one of those unfortunate gimmicks, which is a real shame because Bray Wyatt is he's an absolute stud. You watch him in the ring; his work, his psychology is is absolutely amazing. What you said there about let let Bray be Bray, it's not going to happen nowadays. WWE, and I'm not one to shit on WWE. However, so, with with a character like this and with a talent like this, it's, it's got to take time for somebody to be brave and stand up and say, this is what we need to do. So I, I'm, I'm not overly confident that it's going to work. However, I really, really want it to work. Yeah, so do I, so do I. I love Bray Wyatt. I think he's so talented, as I said. It annoyed me that the la- the, they were doing so well with it. It's probably the longest since what the undertaker or mankind they've managed to get one of these gimmicks going and being successful but he had his feud with cena i think he lost two out of the three matches maybe with cena and then he moved on to i think ryback and jericho and it just went down and down and down and they waited so long to give him that wwe championship he finally won it I remember after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, he comes out, he does his promo. He's so over for that promo. But then the Randy Orton burning the house thing down and the one-month feud that he got with the belt, it was all about Randy Orton. It wasn't about Bray Wyatt. It was about Randy Orton. And Bray Wyatt was just there. They had the whole Worms escapade. And then from then on, it well, was that, just that, whenever... that was that was in response to the success that TNA had with, uh, well, Impact Wrestling had with Matt Hardy, though, wasn't it? Um, you know, this all started just as the woken gimmick or the broken gimmick, should I say, was actually finishing up because it was mainly a thirty-three um, oh, that that happened, and that was their their response to say, "Well, we can try this kind of stuff as well because it's working over there." I mean, well, WWE, they over choreography and everything. They over, I can't think of the word, they overproduce things like that. The reason the broken gimmick was so good, because it was low rent 90 stuff, your scream, <laughs> scary movie sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. it was just an organ. Say, like, picture, is it Rebby, is she called? She was literally there with an organ, 
playing the organ, a piano, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a music. This isn't a musical podcast, right? Whereas it, with WWE, it's all about the effects on the screen. There's this, there's that. There's loads of bollocks. Was never going to work in WWE. But like we're saying, if anybody can get this over, it is Bray Wyatt as he is a master on that microphone. Um, so, yeah, so basically me and Danny are just saying it, it, it could, it might have legs. It probably doesn't have legs with WWE booking it, but we hope it succeeds. Do, do you know, the, the, the weird thing is with WWE, if you listen to any shoot interviews over the years, excuse me, <coughs> do apologise. If you listen to any shoot interviews over the years with people who are involved with creative, whether it be Jim Cornette, whether it be um, oh JJ Dillon, people who were in the inner circle who used to write TV with Vince, they'd always say that, and it's you know it, it's cliched to a point now because that, it's been said that many times that Vince knows a year out what his mania main event's going to be, and it's becoming harder and harder to believe as, as these last ten years have gone on. It, it does seem quite thrown together now. Um, but maybe that's... Obviously, people are going to get injured. You know, there's going to be contract disputes. People might get banned for taking drugs. But it doesn't seem that there is that long-term thinking in effect within WWE's creative team at the moment. No, there isn't. There isn't. But we all know that there definitely isn't because... So, no, the, the wrestle... You only have to look at that WrestleMania card to realize that now speaking of wrestlemania danny as i alluded to at the start of the show daniel bryan has suffered an injury probably during his match with kofi kingston maybe before he was going into the mania match with this injury however it is very worrying i've not seen this reported on any news sites really but if you read between the lines so bryan was at wrestlemania he has missed the subsequential, subsequential, whatever you want to say, three SmackDowns since WrestleMania with this injury. They then turned Kevin Owens on Kofi Kingston to fill the Daniel Bryan role that they was going to put him in to, for the match with Kofi at Money in the Bank. So Daniel Bryan clearly has an injury. Now, the worrying thing about this for me, Danny, is with these injuries, WWE will come out and say, Nia Jax is having two ACL surgeries. Um, they will come out and tell you what the injury is, how long they're expected to be out for. Now, the ones where they don't mention even that they're injured, that is the ones that worry me. Would you? I don't know if you'd agree with that. There has been yeah. no mention from WWE about any injury to Brian, but that is clearly the case. Well, I, well to be honest with you, I was under the impression that Triple H had... Um... Spoken on a conference call um, a few days ago, stating that after, as part of Daniel Bryan coming back, Daniel Bryan Danielson, um, uh, from his injury, it would be it, it was agreed that after every match that he'd have a concussion test. Um, yeah. What I think has probably happened is he's come back from the match. He's had a concussion test. And he's either received a concussion or he's borderline received a concussion. Um, if that is the case, they will keep him off TV. But while they're doing further tests, they're not going to say anything because they don't know themselves. Um, 
So that's my view on it. Um, yeah. I think I think that's. But he, th- this wasn't. I don't believe it was a WWE statement. I think it was part. Somebody had asked them on the conference call as part of the um, quarter one financial results that were um, that were set out. Um, so I don't think it has been well publicised. But I'm pretty sure. I'm just having a little search now. But I'm pretty sure that that was the case. The Triple H has come out and he's um, he's confirmed that uh, that it may be something to do with that. Well, that is even more worrying then, because the last thing Daniel Bryan needs is WWE anywhere near concussion thoughts to do with him, as we all know what happened last time. So, do you know what I mean? With Bryan, he's probably better in better injury in his ankle or something. The last thing he needs is any sort of head injury with how strict the WWE concussion rules are. Well, the, I mean, the, the, they are strict for a reason, aren't they? Um, no, know, no, I'm not blaming them for that. I'm just saying, do you know what I mean? That's that's why it's so worrying, the fact that it's not a muscle injury or anything like that. It is looking right. that it's something to do with the head area, which with WWE is the last thing that anyone wants. No, I mean, I'm just having a look now, and I've just found um, PWI inside the report Brian has been away since losing the WWE title. We know all this. Um, there, there are no live events this weekend due to the upcoming European tour. Brian was cleared to the return to the ring in March of last year. Uh, Triple H spoke in the Express and said, we've cleared his return to the ring. We'll absolutely keep an eye out. As I said, our first and foremost responsibility is to the health and well-being of our talents. Uh, when they are on the roster with us, so we want them to be as healthy as possible. That is extremely important to us. Um, so that wasn't the well, report. It, it, that I, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't that important that when they was like. It wasn't that important when they was letting Tomas or Champa wrestle with an injury, was it? So anyway, moving yeah, on. But moving still, on. No, but they can move on on that. Mate. There's, there's different levels of injury. Um, what is likely to get worse? And what could right. suffer long term? You know, it's long term problems. Well, I, I think the Tommaso Ciampa injury would be classed as long-term, seeing it's like career-threatening. Well, it, but if the, if a doctor's told him that they that they can go for another however many times, they're not going to they're not going to put forward talent to be seriously injured if doctors' advice has told them otherwise. No matter what the no matter what the um, you know the the situation. Well, the Daniel Bryan injury, as I said earlier, that led to Kevin Owens turning on Kofi Kingston. Um, Danny, I know you don't particularly watch Raw and SmackDown in full. Did, have you seen the turn or have you just read about it? Um, at the moment, I've seen clips on YouTube. Um, yeah. Fucking Kevin Owens, he, you know, he'll turn anything to gold for me. Um, he is the best person to go to with this. Especially considering he hasn't really got much going on at the moment. Yeah, I agree. They've got the built-in story, obviously, where the original plan was for Owens to face Bryan at WrestleMania. Uh, Kofi got himself that over, that they put Owens in the title match at Fastlane, and Kingston got the WrestleMania match. So they could obviously play on that a little bit. Um, Also, the thing is for me, Danny, with this, I don't know if you saw the week before, the Kevin Owens stuff in Montreal with um, the New Day, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was honestly it was good, brilliant. Yeah. It was so I, I good. good. It, 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 you know, you consider, I think up until, I think he was about 20 or 21, 
Kevin Owens couldn't speak English. And you think how funny he is and how good he is with his words and his, his you know, his, uh, his whole facial expressions and everything. It's some achievement, that, isn't it? He's just naturally talented. As if, as if he only learned it at 2021. 20, that is crazy. But yeah, as I say, he was so, he was so good. Yeah, he's so good in that segment with the New Day. Now, I don't know your... I think Adam tweeted me. I, Adam was tweeting us saying that, no, it was the right time to do it. And I was replying to him. And I didn't know it was Adam until a few days later. And I thought, oh, thank God I wasn't really rude to him. Um, but yeah, so what I put out on Twitter was... It was a few weeks too early for me. That was my only complaint about it. Because you just had Kevin Owens joining the New Day literally last week. Yeah? I thought you could have stretched this out a few weeks later. And then you do the turn. Then you do the turn. Do you remember Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan? Um, when Michaels turned on Hogan. They'd teamed up Backlash of that year. And then for about three or four weeks, they'd, had te- they'd teamed up each week. And each week you were thinking, oh, is he going to turn this week? Is he going to turn this week? And it was like, no, he's not turned this week. And then when it actually happened, everyone, it was massive because it was like, the turns happened, the turns happened. Where, as with this, it was a bit like, oh, I watched it and I was like, oh, they've done it this early. Really? And I was a little bit worried because, as we all know, with WWE, they've now got four weeks, I think, until Money in the Bank. So they've got four weeks to try and find stuff to continue this feud and it does worry me a little bit that they might find a way of getting people uninterested in this match that at the moment I think it is a brilliant feud and a brilliant match for Kofi Kingston to have in his first title defense what what would you say about that Danny are you going to disagree with me agree with me probably I know, disagree I can I can, no, I can certainly see, see where you're coming from I'll only disagree with you when you're wrong you see um but <laughs> I, I I can see certainly what you're saying I've got faith in the fact that Kevin Owens is that good on the mic and that he will bring this around. I don't think Kofi's there yet in terms of being able to carry a storyline 50-50. I think he's got to he's got to play the subordinate role. Um I think I think it can be done. I do understand what you're saying. There may have been a little bit more build-up needed, but if they are in a point where they're gonna have to put that on in what is it, three weeks now? Um, I can understand why they'd want to get some content to, for where they're playing off each other more as uh, heel and face. Yeah, it is, it is. it will be a good match. I think it's a really good first opponent. You don't necessarily need Owens to win the match. Kofi can go over Owens. Um, yeah, I think it, I do think it is. It's, an, it's a fresh match. We've never seen a Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens big pay-per-view match, so it's yeah. nice to have a fresh match. We've also got Seth Rollins against AJ Styles at Money in the Bank, which is a dream match for many people. I was talking to Neil about this, and Neil was like, I'm really excited about the match, but I've been excited about dream AJ Styles matches in WWE before, so I'm a little bit tentative about getting overly excited about the match, because we all know in a WWE ring, it isn't necessarily going to live up to it, a la Nakamura, a la Samoa Joe, but it, it is an exciting, two exciting matches for Money in the Bank, which is what they need, which is during a bit of a, usually a bit of a down period for WWE after WrestleMania. So yeah, they're two good matches going into the next pay-per-view. Yeah, I've, you see, 
WWE, and I'm not saying this to criticise him, isn't catering for Mania. No. We we will watch. Definitely not. <laughs> but no, but hear me out. We, we will watch and we will watch all the big cards. We'll go to WrestleMania or we'll go, you know, we, we will watch every single pay-per-view for the, major, for the majority of the year. However, the people who want to see, we heard AJ Styles and Nakamura and it was for, um, uh, this was in the midst of the Kenny versus uh, Okada uh, feud going on in New Japan. And I don't know what that means. Um, You've not seen Chris Jericho when he's at the Tokyo Dome because all the Japanese fans, they go, Kenny, Kenny. And Jericho, during the match, looked at, he had all the Kenny Omega's head and he yeah. looked at the Japanese fans and he goes, Kenny. So that was just me being a dick. Yeah, go on, okay. Danny, carry on. Um, but they, that was going through, that feud was going on at the time, which was, just on a side note, um, the feud I loved the most was Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Um, however, this that surpassed it for me. Um, I never thought to say that. So all all of us who, who were watching that kind of wrestling, so into it, and we thought, here's WWE's opportunity. They're going to, they've seen the success that New Japan's been having recently. They are going to put out AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, two guys who made the name either on in the international scene or in New Japan, and they're gonna. And we both know how good a match that we can have. I still to this day don't th- seem think we've seen one quarter of what Shinsuke Nakamura can do in WWE. Um, there was in NXT, but we all thought that was going to be it. And then, as you say, then it was Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles who. 10 years ago in the X Division did some absolutely wonderful matches. Could we see that coming now? But we're not being catered to because somebody else, other fans are being catered to, mainstream fans and although there's although there's some news of revenue loss on this first quarter of results WWE are making more money than they've ever made so obviously people are buying it and people are enjoying it because if they weren't, you wouldn't have these numbers coming in that they are at the moment. So people are enjoying it. It just might not be our fan group that are enjoying it. Well, the numbers don't lie with the television ratings, Danny. I know you say that. Sean said the same thing. Do you know what I mean? People are buying the merch. They're buying the network. Do you know what I mean? They're going to the shows. They're making a lot of money from Saudi Arabia. However, you cannot get away from the fact that Raw and SmackDown are 25% down in audience over the last 12 months. That is a huge... I know, like, it's not the be-all and end-all, but it is a huge drop, really. And I can't remember a drop as big as that from a year-to-year basis with WWE before. So they're obviously doing something wrong with their TV, clearly. 25% is a big number. It is. You're right. However, that doesn't include the. Um, that's all on live numbers. They don't get the actual. You know, if you've what they call in the states TVO'd or recorded it, um, they don't get those numbers until much, much later. I think it's like between. I think it's about three months later. So we won't know the actual impact that it's had. And obviously, I think in the states you actually. Do you get Raw and SmackDown as part of the network, or is that delayed for a couple of months like it is in the UK? 
Uh, I mean, it's the same in the UK. Yeah, I, I, it's the it same as the UK. So it is a big number. However, it's not something that's going to concern them. Um, also, there's mind you, I was going to say the, the the NFL may have encroached on the numbers, but the NFL runs season to season, so that's that's probably incorrect. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. It, it's obviously it's obviously a concern, um, but I think. That, their TV deal um, now, they're not going to be too worried about yeah. that. It's not a concern now, but in five mm. years' time, that's when it could be a concern. Because, I say, me, I, I used to stay up till four o'clock in the morning to watch Raw live. And what, ten years later, I can barely sit through it recorded. I, I've still not really watched much of Raw from Monday night. And they just they're doing a really good job of road railing people away from the product. But I'm not even too fussed about it because as I say, I'd be a lot more annoyed, I think, if I was watching this product and there wasn't a new Japan. There wasn't all the independent shows we can watch. I know I slag it off, but there wasn't a Ring of Honor say. There wasn't all these other there's if you don't like WWE. There is enough out there as a wrestling fan. Exactly. Isn't the be all and end all. So like I'll I'll rant about stuff, I'll complain, but it wouldn't be the same as if if WWE was the only wrestling promotion out there, I would be livid. But it's not. The so look at the great wrestling that we've seen these last few weeks. None of it was from WWE. Very little of it was from WWE. We've seen some amazing shows, so wrestling as a whole that's why the AEW thing is exciting people are complaining that it might be another weekly show but it is yet again another option you might like you might like sauce or dip you might not necessarily like tomato but there's mayo there's mustard there's barbecue there's everything for you so <laughs> i don't know where well, that comparison came from oh no, uh, liverpool, liverpool have made it 2-0 nightmare oh great they scored okay. after 15 I seconds yeah, it doesn't shock me at all. Um, but on, on the point you were saying there, I remember uh, uh, putting a post up on Facebook in 2016, I think it was, and I, I said, I can't believe what's going on with wrestling in a good way at the moment. Uh, I was just, Kenny Omega has just won the G1. A slim-built, gaijin bad guy has just won the G1. And you think to yourself, at that point, WWE was had the UK title um, and you were getting WWE guys who had been contracted from the UK scene, fighting guys that were holding New Japan championships. Pete Dunne, UK champion, versus Will Ospreay, New Japan um, junior, heavyweight, junior heavyweight champion. I saw that in Liverpool in front of 700 people. But this was going on up and down the country. There was talent shares. Obviously, there was ROH. There was all these super indies in the US that I I, I still haven't been able to watch. And um, th there's a flavour for every wrestling, the, whatever style it is you like, you can go and watch it now. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Now, since that post that I made in 2016, the world's just got bigger. The 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 wrestling world has just got bigger and it's going to become bigger again when AEW joins. I think it's fantastic. And this is why I say we are living in the golden era at the moment. It's not all that fucking attitude shite. Oh, oh that's shite. Going back further, we today as consumers and as wrestling fans are living in a golden era. 
because we have a choice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan, although Twitter, specifically our Twitter, might not have you think that. <laughs> um, right, so we've talked through some of the main headlines from WWE this week. Danny, um, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on. Now, this is basically what is doing the rounds. WWE are pushing for SmackDown to have a third hour due to the extra hour is going to be a huge addition financially for the company. <sighs> Another hour. It, it's, if you go from five hours to six hours, it isn't actually that big of a jump. If you're willing to watch five hours, you might as well watch six. Most of us aren't willing to watch five hours. But I put a poll up, Danny, on our Twitter, which... I would just thought it was quite interesting. So on this poll, I have put up, thanks for everyone who has voted. I have put on this poll, so with the news that WWE are pushing for a third hour to be added to SmackDown Live, do you want SmackDown to have a third hour? 74% of you have said it is too much for you. Danny, you're the guy who is, you'll calm everyone down, who is like annoyed about this. You know what my opinion is going to be on this. It's a lot of shit. So, Danny, come on. Th- third hour on SmackDown. Good idea, bad idea. What do you have to say? The worrying thing for me is... I'm going to go hit, hit a two-pronged attack here. The worrying thing for me is... my the, the TV show on WWE Network that I watch week in, week out without fail is 205 Live. They've basically taken the best of some of the indie talents around the country, around the world, should I say, and they've thrown them into this fantastic show that goes goes under the radar, as you said at the, at the top of the broadcast. Where does that go? Because that happens after SmackDown. Are, is SmackDown going to incorporate 205 Live into the SmackDown broadcast? And if so... Will it be treated with the same reverence as it's treated currently on 205 Live? Because if you watch 205 Live, it's like watching it's like watching um, the old 605 um, on WCW, the old super super show, um, super station show, should I say? This week, and we'll probably go into a bit more detail. Uh, Drew Gulak come out and he basically talked about every person that was going to be on that show. He recapped the current storylines and then bang, straight into wrestling. The commentators called the action in the ring. They didn't spend all the match actually hyping up what was coming next. They did talk about what was going to go in the future, who was going to be the next title contender and what have you. But that to me is a little bit of a little bit of me. And I enjoy that show immensely. So it means that if SmackDown goes three hours, they're either going to keep 205 Live as a separate entity and have three hours. And also they throw in a dark match at the end. Um, worryingly this week, um, I think it was Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton, which sounds like a bit of a snooze fest uh, as a dark match. Was that the dark match? Was it? Yeah, it was a dark match on Well, the... The, the, that's the thing that, that's worrying me. So if they don't incorporate it into SmackDown, then that means that there's going to be three hours of SmackDown and then an hour, um, 
you know, a, a, an hour of or forty minutes odd of two oh five live, which will just kill the fucking crowd by the time two oh five live comes on. It comes on after the show, and we know ourselves that most people have fucking left after the, after SmackDowns go. That's just going to kill it even more, and that's having a knock-on effect to a product that's not done anything wrong, and yet it's going in at a disadvantage. The other thing you can say that you can do is being off main events, which I don't think is being televised anywhere um, exclusively now. It's it's on the network straight the following week. So they've been off the main event, and then they, they do that through Raw. But then again, Raw's still three hours, so... I don't know. I wonder where that fits in first and foremost. The only problem with that is, Danny, I don't think that's the top of their worrying. Obviously, we like it's not not the top of their priorities, which is worrying for us. This is what I'm getting on to now. Um, I do tend to talk a little bit, you may have noticed. No. What's What's worrying is since Raw has been three hours, either people fast forward through it for the majority of it, and just stop at where, where they like to look off, which is fine, but it will turn people off. You've also got a situation going in where you're looking at ratings and different hour, uh, hours, and rather than the main event or the build of the show being gathered at a 11 o'clock at night finish for US viewers, then... You're actually looking at saying, well, the main event isn't actually the main event. It doesn't close the map. It doesn't close the show because we've got this other hour here to fill, which you oh, constantly That, is, that really talk. annoys me. Yeah, I, it, I, I'd wait till the end of Raw and I'd be like, right, what's big's going to happen to end the show? And now it's like they might put a random women's tag on the main event of the show. They might have a Baron Corbin match to end the show. There's never an ending to Raw, Danny, which... The last minute of Raw should be purely about getting people to tune in to the opening of Raw next week. Any good TV show ends with making you want to watch the next episode. And WWE don't do that anymore. They used to. They used to be very good at it with cliffhangers to end the show. Go on. Agreed. Uh, I totally agree. But... They've got that much. They've got that much uh, media outlets at the moment. Um, do the, I suppose their concern would be: Do we need to end it on a cliffhanger? No, we probably don't because we can build it up via the network. We can build it up via social media within the week. That will be their response to. Yeah, well, it's just it's not it's not good enough. What what about these people? Not everybody uses Twitter. Most of WWE's viewers are over 50. That's the largest demographic. Do you know what I mean? Not every 50, 60, 70-year-old is on social media. Not all of them have the network. Some people will just watch the television. For me, it's a television show. I don't, do you know what? Ugh, it, it really, they really wind me up with how they use their TV. Most Danny would get an extra an hour and think, right, we can make this show even better but WWE, they think, right, how can we fill this last hour to get through the three hours? Instead of, like, embracing it, they try and think, right, how can we get through it? Which I, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan oh. of. SmackDown is the better show, basically, for no other reason than it's two hours. 
Mm, if you I, I draw into two hours, it'd be a much better show. If you cut out the Alicia Fox matches, Elias coming out three times during the show. If you notice the opening of SmackDown with Roman Reigns this week and Shane McMahon, that went about eight to nine minutes. Contrast that to Seth Rollins and Triple H and whatever on the opening of Raw. The opening of Raw always goes about 20 minutes. So which those openings to Raw, they don't get to the point. They beat around the point. So, yeah, I don't want SmackDown to go to three hours. <laughs> no, well, maybe WWE for years have basically come out and said that we don't want Raw being three hours. It's something that's required of them by a contractual agreement with the network that are putting out. Mm. They just want the money, don't they? We know the reasons for doing it. It doesn't make it any more pleasurable as a viewer to witness. We know the reasons why they do it, but... As I say, they've scared off millions. I, I, they've scared off a good couple of million, maybe, fans of Raw what, since the, it went to three hours. So is it was it really worth it? I bet if you look, what was it, 2012, 2011, they went to three hours. I bet the ratings for Raw, what, what late threes, early fours, I'm guessing. So, I mean, so they have scared... Uh, that might not be most the, the most common reason, but it, how can you get a new fan... To watch Raw. Imagine if I said, take G for example, maybe a bad example. Take the random guy from down the street. Oh, you need to watch this television show that I watch, this wrestling show. It's great. And they might say, oh, we'll give that a try, yeah. Uh, what time's it on? And I go to him, oh, it's on 8 o'clock while 11 o'clock. They're going to say, nah, you're all right. So you're never getting well, new fans. Well, I wouldn't agree, agree with that. I'll give you an example. Um... A friend of mine who uh, she loves the comic world and a lot of crossover appeal that WWE has. And she finally said, I want to watch a bit of this WrestleMania that you went to. Uh, so she came over to ours. She um, got the network on. And rather than introduce her straight away to WrestleMania, I showed the WWE 24 New Orleans so that you could see how a WrestleMania was set up and basically see the highlights of what is a very long show. After that, we watched um, three of the matches from WrestleMania 35, and then we watched a couple of other matches from here, there, and everywhere. So she was in ours for about four hours. By the time she went home, I got a message to say that she's signed up for the network. The advice I gave to her was to watch clips on YouTube or to watch This Week in WWE, which is a half-hour show on the network. And get through it that way. Um, not everyone, Danny, has you to advise them on that. They might not know about that. They just see, right, WWE's on. Holy shit, it's three hours long. I'm not bothering you, with that. Not everyone has you to, like, point them in the direction, give them the whole how to become a WWE fan. Do you know what I mean? For these new viewers that yeah, are non-existent, and, by the way. And Well, they are existent because I just told you the one. Um, but you, you've got... Let's let's not be facetious. There's going to be people who are tuning into WWE new every week, um, and they'll start. The rate the ratings don't show that. Well, well they'll st the reason they become fans is through YouTube. But you you go and you ask most kids nowadays what well, what they do, and you, you'll say, oh, "I saw him on YouTube, and he was watching somebody else play a game. I can't understand it." You can get all you need from WWE on YouTube. 
that starts you as a fan. It's free, it's instant, and it's on demand. Right, Danny, Danny. Raw, in 2011, yeah, had an average of 4.5 million viewers every week. It's almost halved. I wasn't even expecting it to be that big. Jesus. Um. Anyway, we probably... T- Is there anything else you want to say about the ratings? We've agreed, disagreed, as usual. Um. Is that basically everything on the ratings? Um. Yeah. On the final And by saying how popular and how easy to use was YouTube in 2011 and how was WWE's coverage on there. You, you've got to understand the wrestling I, business I, I and was everything YouTube. else is changing. Uh, right. Yeah, but you, you, you ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Go on. You may, you may well have been on YouTube in 2011, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is in everyday life today. Okay. Dean Malenko. <laughs> Dean Malenko, Danny. So, you know, I think you know, you were telling me before, I've not actually read the full article. Uh, I've just seen the headline. What's happened with Dean Malenko? Um, well, Dean Malenko was actually, he's, he's quit. Um, there's been no reason given for it. Um, he's walked out after near enough 20 years with the company. Um it's a strange timing because obviously there was the situation where R.D. Evans was uh, either let go or walked away, depending on who you who you talk to, and also the situation a couple couple of weeks, well, maybe a couple of months back now, with Arn Anderson being released after the Alicia Fox incident. You've got guys who have been not only with WWE for decades but also around the business for absolute decades who are who are walking away. Does this mean that there is, and you talk about the fact that SmackDown's changing, uh, everything's being restructured, obviously the superstar shake-up would have probably happened anyway, but are we seeing a restructuring of WWE internally? Yeah, they've hired, they hired a lot of TNA guys, didn't they? Uh, obviously. I'm looking at reading this article now. Abyss, Sanjay, Dot, Davari... Hurricane Helms have been hired by WWE in behind-the-scenes positions. Bruce Pritchard, Jeff Jarrett. So, Jarrett? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. He's been. I knew. I knew he'd been there for a few months. Uh, that one bypassed me. I'll be honest. I did know about all the others. Jeff Jarrett's been there since just before the Royal Rumble. That's why it was unbelievable that he was at that show in Mexico the other week. I, I was like, "What's he doing there?" But yeah, and he's in Liverpool tomorrow. He is, and he's probably going to go and see Tranmere tomorrow afternoon. Tranmere versus Berry, the yeah. heartbeat of English football. So, yeah, so Dean Malenko, I'm sure more will come out about that as the weeks go on. Um, is there anything else we need to touch on with WWE, Danny? Um, obviously, we, there was a headline with Charlotte Flair. She basically, I don't know, some people might, conspiracy theories, theorists such as myself might say she kicked up a fuss because her boyfriend Andrade Cien Almas, not Andrade, got drafted to Raw while she was on SmackDown. This a week later then resulted in Andrade being moved back over to SmackDown to be with Charlotte so they can have cuddles at night together. 
uh, which also meant that Zelina Vega had to be then moved over to SmackDown, which then had a knock-on effect that Alistair Black, her real-life husband, was moved over to SmackDown, which then had a knock-on effect on Ricochet and Alistair Black splitting up. So it's so nice, WWE being so nice to their people. Forget plans. Like you say, they clearly don't have long-term plans or that important of plans if they're willing to rip up a big part of stuff they had laid out to please people. It, that just shows how the landscapes have changed, Danny. Because five years ago, if people weren't happy backstage about what brand their other half was on, they'd get told where to go as seen by the rosters over the previous years. But they're trying to keep everyone happy. They don't want Sasha Banks on their hands. They don't want a, another, what, Mike Canellis, Luke Harper situation. So they're trying to keep everyone happy. So everyone's all happy. Everyone can have cuddles at night. And everyone's on SmackDown all happy together, except Paul Ricochet. I think there's a, there's a certain... There's an amount to be said for keeping people happy. Obviously, you want happier employees to better they perform for you. However, you would have thought at least a month ago, at least a month ago, someone would have been, an agent would have been saying, or somebody from the office is going to be saying, hi, uh, Charlotte, you're going to be doing this. Uh, So-and-so's doing that. Um, Tommy or Alistair, you're going here. And uh, Zelina, you're going there. This... This shouldn't have been a situation that seems to have become because it should have been there should have been more planning in place. If Absolutely. that's the case, if if that's what they've done, then it it it, it doesn't reek of intelligence or organisational planning, does it? Not at all, not at all. Like you said, this should have been eight out months ago. I bet if you sat me and yourself down, Danny. We could come up with a Raw roster, SmackDown roster, that we thought was balanced within, what, a couple of hours, maybe? Do you know what I mean? They've had months to plan this out. I'm sure Charlotte, maybe she didn't know, but they should have let people know earlier. And if they was adamant, they obviously didn't do this without thinking. They obviously wanted Charlotte and Andrade on separate brands for different reasons. And the fact that they just caved... To me, it, do you know what I mean? I just don't. Uh, we we don't. I mean, what? we don't know what's gone on, do we? I mean, I think did, we do. Did did they cave or did they say, well, actually, we may have made a mistake here, so to rectify that mistake and give happier employees. <laughs> what WWE? All right, okay, yeah, WWE, the most polite people in the world. Of course, I'm sure they thought, oh, we've been really bad there. Let, let, let's do this for the good of the world. They don't give a flying fuck. No, they're not doing it for the good of the world. As I just explained, they're saying happy employees are better employees and they'll go out and do more for you. I'd... With that said, Danny, we are going to head to an interval because we are at, I think we're just about at the hour mark. So we will be back to talk about this and more when we come back. This one girl who really liked wrestling. Yo, we should body slam. She would always text me. She says she likes it hardcore. Hitting baseball bats and barbed wire. Thumbtacks that are on fire. Yo, I think something ain't right. Right? She threw me through a table last night. She don't know it ain't real life. But you should see our home movies. They're pretty tight. I'm in awe and it's awesome. She's like dope and 
So, back on the show, we were just finishing up talking about WWE. However, we are now going to talk about a promotion, not a promotion, a show on the WWE Network that, Danny, you are a big fan of, and that is 205 Live. You enjoy the show this week? Yeah, I've I've always enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it for a long time. I think the first six months, um, it was very hit and miss. After that, they really started getting on point. Um, if you watched any during the lead up to WrestleMania, when they were go, they went through a tournament to see who would challenge um, Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania. And it was so well presented. It wasn't hyped. It wasn't over the top. It was just a serious competition. You would get two uh, two semi-finals, and you would have two guys promoing against each other right at the very start. Then you see Buddy Murphy talking about, you know, whoever wins, it's going to be this, that, and the other. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come out on top. And the matches have been absolutely fantastic because they're not rushed. Um, you look, most weeks, there's only two matches on the shows. Sometimes they'll squeeze in another one. Some of the talent they've had on there, and unfortunately, um, Hideo Itami is, or Kenta has, has gone. I don't blame him for going, but he was. I I love watching that man. Um, Tazawa is fantastic on the show. Drew Gulak for me is the the ace of two hundred five. Oh, I I don't watch two hundred five live that much, but you watch it that regularly. That I thought, Do you know what? I used to watch it about a year ago, um, mm. quite a lot, and I liked it back then. But I thought, right, Danny watches this, so I'm going to give it a go. And this, Drew Gulak in this match against, is it Humberto Carrillo? Yes. absolutely fantastic. Carrillo strikes me as someone who wants to go out there. He wants to work really fast. He wants to do loads of dives. And Gulak just did a great job, I felt, reining him in, slowing down the match. I just thought Drew Gulak did a great job. He took the role of veteran in this match. And he was he was fantastic in this match, Danny. I can see yeah. why you are such a big fan. Well, I was I was a, a huge fan of, fan of the whole catch point stuff that was going on in Evolve, which Drew Gulak was obviously leading. Um, the this has been a nice little build as well. Carrillo has uh, been feuding. It hasn't been feuding. The, the, Gulak wants to take him under his wing when he when he debuted, and then it turned into. A couple of altercations, a couple of matches with Jack Gallagher, who was under um, instruction of Drew Gulak as well. And it turns this week that there was a short introduction to Jack Gallagher, who's obviously torn up, torn himself away from Drew Gulak, but he's going to be heading in his direction by the looks of things. And it was just simple, easy storylines. The the match itself was fantastic, as you say. He dictates the pace of a match. He always leads the match. And it was really, really well done. Humberto Carrillo as well shows some great, great promise. And it looks like he, he could he could actually really make a big statement in the WWE in a, in a much larger way. But he's 
being brought up slowly, not too much pressure being put on him. I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea to, to have him go through this. You know, so I really, really enjoyed the first match. Um, yeah. Despite oh, the Danny. Fact... How good, sorry to cut you off, how no. good was that the spot where... Um, Gulak, he had Carrillo, and like, was it like in an ankle lock? It was some sort of submission. It was the ankle lock, and then uh, Carrillo rolled up Gulak, and then oh. he kicked out and still had hold of the ankle lock. I nearly yeah. jumped out of my bed when I saw that. It was a great, great spot. I loved it. But that's exactly it, because it's it's like, you, you ever watch a card that was risk control uh, before the Rainmaker? It, it makes total yeah. sense for him to hold on to that. Um as I say, that's something that's very, very simple. It, that hasn't had to be worked out or thought of by, you know, this is something really, really simple, but it impresses. Yeah, it's the little things. I like the little things in wrestling matches. Do you know what I mean? We've all seen a 6.30, a 4.50, but it's those little touches that get me. That They're like, oh, that was great. Do you know what I mean? That you don't see everyone do. Um, I'd say that's the stuff I love. So in this match, Carrillo, he gets the win with a, is it an Aztec press? It was some sort of like flip off the top rope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Carrillo gets the win. Gulak puts Carrillo over. Like you say, a lot of promise from Carrillo. This was a really good match. This, I would say it was my first viewing of a 205 Live full episode in probably about 12 months. So I watched it and it got me straight away. I thought, yeah, this is for me. I like the fact they're given time. They're given 15, 20 minutes. It'd be easy to have three or four matches on this show, like an NXT where they'll have a six-minute match, an eight-minute match. This show, I don't know if that's how they usually do it, where there's just two yeah, matches. No, they say, go on, 20 minutes, Do show us what you can do. Is that what they usually do, the layout? It, it is, mate. Um, as I say, it's usually two matches. You, you, on the odd on the other episodes, you'll get three, or you'll get a interaction of some kind. Um, but the, the Drew Gulak's my boy. Uh, I want uh, and the, the building. Well, he's always, he's always been for a long time the main character in the show, the main focus, and yet he hasn't won the title yet. But I'm just saying, effort, I was just thinking, has he ever won it? But every effort is being made by Drew Gulak, and he, you're realizing the longer it goes on, the more this championship's important to him, and he's he's tried to build a faction that's fell apart. And it's just been beaten by a guy that he wanted to be his understudy or under his tutelage. The, the story is developing nicely and it's refreshing. It's really refreshing to see. So, Drew Gulak, my boy, we want a better 205 live. And the way to do that is Gulak, Gulak for a better 205 live. Absolutely. So then backstage promo from first Oni Lorcan and then Aria Davari hyping their number one contenders match. Um, can I just, Go on. Can I just butt in at this point and say another thing I really, really like about um, this Oni Lorcan stands there with a black jacket on, black trunks, very Timothy Thatcher-esque in terms of the way he approaches his interviews. He says he oh, shows respect. He shows respect, but there's a certain meanness and roughness about him that you can believe, and he just says what he needs to do, gets it out of the way, but it's effective again. 
Yep, definitely. Um, after that, we have Brian Kendrick, who provides us a distraction for Tazawa to attack Mike Bennett. We have Maria howling at the top of her voice, and I'm assuming this is billed for a Tazawa-Mike Bennett match next week, you'd assume. Yeah, you'd think so. How good was it, though, when Kendrick came in and he, he, he was actually talking to them? And then to finish, he just says, ah, it's okay, I'm only doing this for a distraction. And then walks off, and they both got blank looks on the face. And all of a sudden, Tazawa comes out of nowhere. <laughs> did you see it coming? Did you see it coming? I kind of did, but at the same see, time, see, I didn't. Weird. I was like, "That was weird." <laughs> <laughs> so there was three thought... of us. There was me, Maria, and Mike Bennett with blank looks on our faces. <laughs> I just love the way he finished with. And by the way, this was a distraction, <laughs> and then walked off. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. Nice. It just took a minute to build that match for next week. So next, well, lastly, we had the second of the two matches on this show, Aria Davari versus One Lorcan. Um, it was a slow start to the match, ended well. Um, this match, I, a few, I've seen a few people on Twitter, I asked who'd watch 205 Live, and we had a few comments saying, um, oh, I wanted One Lorcan to win. And I was like, yeah, I'd like One Lorcan to win, but Tony Nese has just won the belt. Um, I think it's important he gets a victory at, say, a pay-per-view or on a pay-per-view pre-show um, yeah. as the champion. So you don't want, if you eventually want One Lorcan to win the belt, which I'm assuming is why you've put him on 205 Live, you don't necessarily need to do that now. That can happen later down the road. Um, and you can have Aria Davari get himself in a 205 Live well, Cruiserweight title match. He can lose to Tony Nice. To Tony nice. I'm sure they'll put on a good match. Uh, you don't necessarily have to spunk all your chips early on. So, yeah, this was a good match, Danny. Did you enjoy the match? Yeah, it was, again, it was it, it was a slow build. But you're right in what you're saying. I'm enjoying uh, Davari's character and the way it's progressed over the course of the last couple of months. He's now a little bit more flash. He's realised his worth in his own mind. And it, it was done well. Uh, again, not the results I wanted of the match. Um, I, I want to see only Logan win. But as we know, we've got to we've got to let these storylines play out. My hope is that the the destination after Tony Nice is a Drew Gulak and only Logan feud. Because these two are absolutely fantastic in the ring, and they they match well together. From previous times I've seen them working in these, they they look good together. Um, Never seen so them yeah. work on the Indies, but that'd be a good match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was only Lorcan was uh, Biff Busick um, back in Evolve and sort of the Chicago and mid Midwest uh, Indies as well. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I am really looking forward to it. It was it was a good episode, standard. 205 live, 45 minutes of e just an easy watch. Um, especially for people like like myself and you who are more into what goes on in the ring than outside of it. Even the programme in terms of it doesn't concentrate on looking backwards or looking forwards. It concentrates on the here and now. And as you said, the minutes promo during that whole, the, that whole programme was to build up what happens next week. There was also yeah. Tony Nice ringside because whoever won the Aria Davari versus Only Logan match is number one to ten the match is going to go on and face him. I'm not sure whether it's going to be in the, over the course of the next couple of weeks or whether it's going to be at the pay per view. Um, but again, that just him being ringside and that um, Mike Canales thing, they, they were the only things that were building up to future storylines. 
everything else was focused on what was going on in the ring, and this is why I love it. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be watching this show next week. As I as I say, I really enjoyed it, Don. It's not often me and you completely agree on everything from a show, um, but this is right up our street. And to be honest with you, people say, oh, the crowd are dead. And yeah, it's annoying. I feel sorry for the wrestlers of the point on good match, but the crowd aren't the be-all and end-all of it, really. I enjoy the show. I think it's a really good show. It's probably, probably the, it was, it's, it's definitely the one, like for you, that it's me. It's what I want to see in wrestling. No nonsense. We had what? We had the segment for, at the opening of the show with Gulak that built up the first match. We had two backstage 30-second interviews with Davari and Walker and that built up the main event. And we had the segment in the middle that made us want to watch next week. So, excellent I'd, show. Go and, watch, go and watch 205 Live. I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to actually wonder, I'd like to know who's, I, I haven't looked into this, Who's actually writing the creative for that? Because they deserve a pat oh, on the back. We, I was, ju- we, I was we just tend about to... to say this, Danny. Danny, yeah. basically, you know what you said about the first six months of 205 Live you didn't like? Mm. Yeah? yeah? Vince Mann was managing 205 Live from, this is off the top of my head, from about October of 2017, yeah? When Enzo was champion. And then it got to February, which is why I, I watched for a few months. Um, Triple H took over it. So Triple H books 205 Live, that which makes all the sense in the world. Doesn't shock me. Doesn't shock me. That's Triple H's show, 205 Live. Um, but yeah, the first six months where you said it took a while to get going, that was all Vince. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. It gives you a bit more faith in the long-term booking, knowing that it's Triple H. So that can only be a positive. Um, Danny, we will be back next week to talk about 205 Live. So make sure you tune in next week where we will talk about 205 Live. So moving on from that, Danny, um, we plugged it at the start of the show. So it's only fair. You can briefly talk about it. Um, Ring of Honor, Masters of the Craft. If you don't want to go into huge detail about the show, as it was a few weeks ago now, um, just tell us what you thought of the show. I I watched three matches from the show. I enjoyed them all. Um, How was the show? I know you watched the full show. How was it from your perspective? It was a good show. It was... It's not a big show. Let's put it this way. Um, there was, uh, in the first match, it was Cobb. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I do apologise. Um, there was Jeff Cobb versus Red Titus in a non, non-title non match. And there was a huge botch at the start, right from the off. Um, there was... a. a, a Red Chaitis had jumped out the ring um, in a way that Jeff Cobb was going to catch him and I think throw him into the barriers. It's about a week since I've actually gone over this. But when you jump out the ring, you, you want to be caught by somebody in a horizontal position. However, it, it was the way he went out, it was like he went over in a vertical position and expected Cobb to, to catch him. Now he tried, but he, he still landed on his head. Um, but there was a couple of good little spots in this uh, in, the, in this match. Um, it was a lovely overhead belly to belly by Cobb and a, a huge Samoan drop. Um, so yeah, going on, Cobb Cobb got the win. Um, that man when he does a standing moonsault, no matter no matter, and I, I know I always go on wax lyrical about Jeff Cobb, but when I see him do a standing moonsault, I can never really get over it. 
Yeah, amazing. He, he's amazing. And then he did he did another spot which I haven't seen him do so much, which was like a rolling gut wrench suplex into a pile driver, um, and then picked him up, and it was the tour of the islands for the win. What one thing I did notice about this match, though, the Jeff Cobb was obviously it was a non-title match for the TV Championship. But he wasn't wearing the Never Openweight title, which he'd won at the MSG. And I was just wondering why that was that, that was the case. Um, maybe, maybe New Japan had said, look, after that shit show you put on at MSG, you're not having the belt. <laughs> um, right, Danny, I'm only messing with you. Um, so, from the show, what was your match of the night from the show? What is the one match, if people, obviously it was a few weeks ago now, if there's one match people should go and watch, what match is the one that you're going to tell them to go and watch? Um, probably, uh, it, for me, it's got to be the um, the 30 minutes Iron Man match. Um, but there yeah. was a couple of good matches. The, the, the There was an impromptu NWA World Heavyweight title match between Aldous and Cabana, which was basically, they were sniping at each other from the, from the start on commentary, and it just built up into a point where it, a match went ahead. It was a, that was a good, fun match. The... Um, the six-man tag title match between the Kingdom Villain Enterprises was very good at the end as well. But yeah, I've got to be honest with you, the uh, thirty-minute Iron Man match was probably the one. Um, there was a fantastic four-way scramble match between Callistico, PJ Black, Bandido, and Flip Gordon, which I really, really loved. Crowd was going absolutely mad for it. Um, all these guys they were chanting um, at the end. Loads of great sequences, reversals, counters, and uh, it, it ended with a standoff between um, Flip Gordon and Bandido, and again, the crowd went off on it. Spanish right and Caristico um, off the top rope um, was fantastic. Uh, even PJ Black looked good in this match. Not, not always my favourite person. That amazing double springboard German that... Um, the bandido did for the win again it was fantastic but i want to concentrate a little bit on the 30 minute iron man match now this is something that you watched as well wasn't it um yeah and this was between uh lifeblood of uh, mark haskins who we spoke about before and tracy williams versus jay lethal and jonathan gresham um and this is to see who will meet uh gorillas of destiny for a shot. I'm not sure whether it's just the ROH tag titles or whether it's uh, the IWGP as well at War of the Wales Buffalo. Um, I think it's just to, ROH. Is it? Right, okay. When we start, before we go, and everyone who's listened to this show, my, uh, this network for any length of time, knows that I am not a fan of Kenny King. However, after MSG, when Kenny, Kenny King had the Missed spat at him by uh, Muta. He came to the ring with temporary blindness um, to the commentary position. How funny was Kenny King throughout this match? I told you, didn't I? I you messaged oh. me saying, oh, I'm just about to watch it, and Kenny King's on commentary. <laughs> yeah. and I, I was okay, dying to... I was, I, I was itching to bury him, Danny. I was itching. He come out, and I thought... Hey, up, what's going on here? And then I thought, I'll give it a chance, which he's not like me. And then after about five minutes, he had me laughing my head off on commentary. I thought, oh, he's doing a brilliant job. The fact that I watched that, by the way, two weeks ago now, and I can still remember it, shows it must have been good. It was a really, really good... It was a really good idea to have him on commentary. He played up to it great. When he was like... 
he was like saying, oh, that was a great move from someone and it wasn't them that was doing it. It was just yeah. a little thing, like we say, when it, that's what that's what you um, want to see. When Rick Abadi and that was, they go, oh my God, there's something happened. And he, he just go, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, well, uh-huh. There was one, one point, um, I think it was Tracy Williams hit a forearm, like a, a smashing forearm. Um, and Kenny King, it was a great forearm. And Kenny King went off like a bullet, and Kenny King just went, that sounded like a really hard kick from where I'm sitting. <laughs> Excellent stuff, man. I, I'll say, I really enjoyed this. Um, one, Two things, my takes from the match, Danny. Something that we alluded to, alluded to earlier was that Mark Haskins needs to be freshened up. He needs to go somewhere else, to America. He was Excellent in this match. He came across to me as a star in this match. Uh, the other bloke that was in the match, he was fine, but Mark Haskins was the star of that team. I was so happy for him, as I think he's great. He is a great worker, very good worker. And it was just great to see him able to go out there, show how good he is in front of this Ring of Honor crowd. And my other take, Danny, is I criticize Jay Lethal to you, Dona. Yeah, to me, he's not at world championship level however as a tag team yeah with Gresham to me that is where he should be and it is a perfect tag team they work great together as they showed in this half an hour outing they had an excellent match at Masters of the Craft 12 months ago a one-on-one match that I loved and here they delivered as a team so they're my two takes from the match uh just to finish on um the final, I think it was the final pinfall, was it? Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was the, the final, uh, the, one of the final pinfalls, uh, Jay, Jay Lethal actually monkey flipped Jonathan Gresham from the corner, so his own partner, into Tracy Williams. And we monkey flipped him into Tracy Williams and he hit a cutter on Tracy Williams for the pin with three minutes remaining. And another thing... It was an Iron Man match. It was finished at um, two to one. Was it two to one? Three to one. It was. Two, it, was, was... No, it was two one, wasn't it? I thought it was two one. Actually, yeah. Sorry, I've wrote I that. Think I think I've wrote that down. Um, but there was no piss arsing about in the final seconds. You know, yeah, there was no drama. It doesn't necessarily yeah. always have to be scripted. WWE esque. The drama in the last five seconds. That doesn't always happen. Me and Danny have been to plenty of football matches where it's 2-1 with 10 minutes left and that's how it ends. You can still create drama and suspense by not having a lot happen in the last few minutes. Yeah? It was more of a surprise that they didn't do that and I loved it. I I have been known to maybe criticise Ring of Honor and Delirious' booking. However, I think he booked everything correctly about this match. Go out of your way to see it. I really enjoyed this match. I bet you were expecting me to be that positive. Well, although I I do have you down for an idiot, I don't have you down as a complete idiot. Um, (laughs) So we'll move on from there. Yep, so that is Masters of the Craft. Go and check that out on Honor Club. Don't be a thief and illegally download it. That is Honor Club. Go and check that show out. Right, so next. Now, Danny, right? I sent you three matches today while I was working to go and watch. 
One of them was Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre. Now, I sent you this match because I wanted to talk about it on the show. I sent you two other matches, basically, because I just thought you would just wanted to watch a bit of wrestling. So I, 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 didn't, I sent them to you to just have fun and watch. And you thought that I sent it to you because we was going to talk in detail about it on the show. Um, so you <laughs> forced yourself to watch the three matches. Um, let's start with the one that you disagreed with so we could end on a positive now, in Spain, in Madrid a few weeks ago for a promotion called White Wolf Wrestling, we had a kid who had a classic match with Zack Sabre Jr. apparently months ago versus Will Ospreay, the wrestler of the year for me at the moment. So I checked this match out. I watched this match, everything about it. The atmosphere in the building was perfect. It made me think, wow, I've got to watch a show there. Um the back and forth, I thought, I watched this match a week and a half ago, so I can't go into everything. I thought it built nice at the start, and they just went absolutely batshit crazy for the last 10 minutes. Kicking out of everything, flying everywhere. It was a great exhibition match. Five-star match for me. And obviously, Danny, Danny, did you love this match as much as me? Ask, ask me how many stars I would have given it. Daniel, how many stars would you have given it? This match, I would have given five stars. In all honesty, it was a five-star match if the rating system was based on 15 stars. It was a very, very average match. What got me excited about the match was you recommended it to me, and you also said, this is Will Ospreay's best match ever. Yeah. So I got quite excited, looking forward to it. Um, the crowd, let's, let's address them first. Um, you know I'm not a fan of certain chants. Um, you deserve it's one of them, when they just chanted at everything. It was all right when right they did it once. Forever. No, no, it wasn't that, yeah. Um, before, either of them had laid a fucking hand on each other. The crowd was ch chanting very loud. They were very enthusiastic. I've got to give them that. They were chanting, this is awesome. This is awesome. Well, in Daddy, you've got to bear in mind, they're in, they're in Madrid. They're in Madrid, aren't they? Let's be honest. I, I doubt they get to see wrestlers the calibre of Will Ospreay every week. So I think we should let them off for that. They hadn't started. They hadn't started the match. So that was one thing. He was happy to see Will. Yeah, they must have been. Um, so that was one thing that pissed me off. Um, now, I'm not going to shit on this match because it wasn't a bad match. It was a completely adequate match for an underneath car show. It, it, you know, it really wasn't bad. Um, I was, another thing about the crowd, Will Ospreay and A-Kid were on the second rope. The second turnbuckle, may I add. And the crowd were chanting, please don't die. On the second <laughs> rope. Okay. The first 10 minutes were an absolute waste. The, and I, I, first time I've seen a kid, and to be fair, some of the moves he did, which I'll go into in a bit, fantastic. It's the second time. And Sorry, catch a throw. Well, I didn't take a great deal of notice of him. Um, he was excellent in that match as well. Right, okay, well, it, it is what it is. This is the first time I 
specifically remember seeing him. And the first ten minutes, there was there was no sound. Basically, what they were doing, they were they were there was the odd impressive move mixed in with a shitload of rest spots. But the, when when the rest spots or they were they, they'd been hit and they were hurt, they were lying down. There was no selling. They were just either lying there, and this was goes both both of them as well. Osprey was just as bad. Well, the first thing I said to Dan after I'd, I'd watched the match was, who was the heel? And if none of them were the heel, then what was the narrative of the match? Because Will Osprey got booed and used heelish behaviour for about seven seconds, but then they went back to cheering him. So if it was a babyface versus babyface, then why were they making sly remarks and Will Osprey was kicking out with that arrogant kick that... Zach Sabre Jr. does so well. I think it was just an exhibition, Danny. Do you know what I mean? Not every match well, has to have a great... Got, there's got, it's got to tell a story. Every match has got to tell a story. It's got to be a beginning. The story was, it match. was a great wrestling match. I can't, I can't believe well, you don't like it, Danny. Well, it, it, it was I, amazing. I you're saying it's a great wrestling match, but what I'm trying to come back to you with is to say, well, I don't think it, it, it was. Um, there, was a, there was a point in there at, during... A forearm smash. There was. Uh, I'll hit you with a forearm smash. You'll hit me. Completely standard in wrestling. It was the slowest and lightest touching forearm smashes. Later on, these lads were hitting each other with, with with chops. Last week, I saw Will Osprey with the most intense chops that he was hitting people with. This was the worst. You couldn't even hear the impact of the of the forearms. So. As part of this forearm smash battle, a kid sells a fucking leg injury. Will Osprey hadn't worked on his leg throughout the fucking match. So he gets up from this after being knocked down and to end the to end the back and forth. He goes down, sells the leg, and then Will Osprey smashes him in the face to put him down. So what does a kid do? He gets back up. And starts doing yes kicks or kick combinations, heavy kick combinations, on the leg that he'd just been fucking selling, which nobody worked on. That does not make any sense to me. Oh, come back and say, what's the narrative? So, at first he was smiling at each other and looking like it was two lads going out and just saying it's going to be a bit of respect. And then the next thing, they're arguing with each other and getting gobby with each other. And then going back to smiling with each other. The last four to five minutes was so good. For high energy was uh, a lovely suplex from a kid where he basically done the bandido uh, reverse suplex off the ropes, but he dived through the ropes under the bottom rope and give all the impact to to Osprey. And he did a great. I don't know whether it's his finishing move or not, but he kind of flips off. The leg, somersaults down, and then grabs the arm on the way down and converts it into a labelle lock. Which he put it on twice during the match. As I say, I'm not sure whether that's his finisher, but it looked really good. Osprey got to the ropes once and was able to get out of it the other time. But the match made no sense for me, and it went on for half an hour. Right. Well, I don't. I don't have anything to come back at you with. Because I'm right, but 
it was a no, perfectly because, ad- because it was perfectly adequate match. It's I, I can name you, I can name five matches off the top of my head that were a lot better than that from Will Osprey. They just if it, if they took it down by ten minutes and they worked out the narrative of the match a little bit more, I'd understand it because there were some really good spots in it, but they were uh, far, few and far in between, and they didn't. It didn't wake up to a crescendo as it should. Right. So I bet you're glad that I recommended that match. So if let's see who people agree with. Go out there. It's on YouTube. Just search A Kid versus Will Ospreay. It has been it has been a match that has had a lot of praise, a lot of hype everywhere. And um, uh, I see mates on the grapple app. How much did, no, Meltzer I don't give think... it, did he give it five stars like I did? I was a fifteen. No, I didn't. I don't know how I knew about it. Nothing to do with that. Uh, After Will Ospreay's match with Bandido at WrestleCon, he got on the microphone. That was a better match. That was a better match. I was there live, so I should have live bias. It wasn't, it wasn't. Anyway, we'll agree to disagree, Danny, because wrestling is all opinion. Let's let our lovely listeners go out there, check this match out. Go on YouTube, search A-Kid versus Will Ospreay. I think it's a five-star match. Danny has given it what? Just below two stars. If he's saying it's five out of fifteen, yeah, it wasn't. So, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad match. But when somebody tells you that this is the best match of Will Osprey, Osprey's career, well, I just, you, you set up for the disappointment. Best match that I have seen Will Osprey have, and I think he has even said it's one of his best you've matches. Seen, you've seen Will Osprey versus Abushi at Wrestle Kingdom. How? I thought that match was a little bit disappointing. Oh, I no. expected more. No, the, I, I, it was like your typical first match. It led you wanted more. It was no better for me than the match we saw last week. Anyway, that's enough Will Osprey discussion. Um, we're going to move into our final segment of the show now, Danny. Um, we're going to quickly talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, obviously, the MSG show is in the books now, and we are heading towards a big time for New Japan. Uh, the best of the Super Juniors starts in two weeks. Uh, the G1 is fast approaching. I think that is, what, about two months off now. Um, but at the moment, they're doing their... Is it Don Taku? The, yeah, the road to Don Taku shows are going on as we speak. I've watched a couple of the matches from those shows. Some really good tag matches. Um, what was the match like? It was the Sengoku show from last week, which was main evented with the IWGP Intercontinental title. It was Kota Ibushi versus our own Sack. Sabre Jr. I've seen some great matches between these two over the last year or so. They've had two two or three really good matches, one in the G1, one in the New Japan Cup, and they didn't let anyone down again. They had, for me, another, I'd call it very, very good match. A very yeah. good match. Uh, you enjoy this one? It was really totally good. Agree. Totally agree with you. These two kicked a fuck out of each other. Absolutely it was a fight. It was each other. a fight. Yeah, it, it was, Sabre did a good job. He t- he sort of reigned Ibushi in, didn't he? It wasn't the Ibushi of all the high spots. There was the odd few, but it was more Ibushi yeah. trying to escape, submissions, hard hitting. It was just a really solid, a really good match. Go and check it out. Uh, the the, the yeah. selling was on point. There was a, 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 a lariat that Ibushi hit. My God, it was like, it, it, I, I, so you see Okada doing them. But Christ, he had this lariat, and it just looked like it tore Zack Sabre apart. It was fantastic. 
Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Oh, sport. and this match. Go on. Sorry, another quick point as well. Um, when um, Abushi went in for the the Bomai, uh, the, the the knee, the Kinshasa, whatever you want to call it, um, and Saber um, actually got out the way. He hit the turnbuckle, Abushi, and then Saber did some little mad roll up. I thought it was over. I thought we were going to be a new champion. Really, really. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bridging, and then, the, you know, that bridging pin that he does. You mean that's it, and that that brought out a, a visitor after the after the match, didn't it? Yeah, we have got Abushi versus Naito, the third match they will have had in the space of a few months. He's going to win, any Danny Naito? I think I can't imagine them having Abushi go over Naito three times in a row. So I'm guessing when the match does happen, I'll speculate the match will be at Dominion. Um, I think we're going to have Naito winning that match. He'll then go on to win the G1 and probably beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's where they might go with that. As you said in our G1 Supercard show, they alluded to the fact Naito wanted to be a double champion. And you was like, well, that's not like Gado's booking. Yeah. Just have him lose and drop it. I think that's where they're going to go. Yeah, that's, that's true, mate. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even think of that at the time um, until you've mentioned it now. They don't seem to be, they don't seem to be ones to just throw that out there, do they? No, so definitely that is going to be going somewhere. So just another quick point, Danny, with New Japan. Oh, by the way, you know the show that we're going to? Uh, what's it called? It's at the Copper Box. Royal Quest. I can't think. The Royal Quest. Royal... They've, seen they've, yeah. sold, they've sold 5,000 tickets for that show. That is a big amount, I think. For an, Do you know what I mean? I'm really surprised at how many they've sold. Very well, positive, that, from New Japan. Yeah, no, it is, and... Um... Like the the packed out the the two ice drinks they did um, when they come last time it was last summer um, and there was two and a half thousand people in the Altrincham one um, so when you go into London the transport links and you know yeah. I, 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 well, I'm not surprised at all to be honest with you but it's good numbers to you you know uh, yeah I, I think that's that's a good number. Also, I want to say to people, now I'm not, I've slagged off these tag team matches that New Japan do, but I've made an effort to watch most of the shows this week on the Road 2 shows, and I was wrong. I've watched a lot of these tag team matches, and they do a great job of building up yeah. to the main shows. So I just want to I'll give it a chance. It's my own fault for criticising something I haven't necessarily watched. Um, I've just read the results and thought, well, what was the point in that? But I want to talk about this match, Danny. I th I loved it. I loved it. I don't know why, but I just something about it. I just love Corrick and Hall main events. The atmosphere for this match was great. It was Okada and Sho versus Shingo to Shingo Shingo Takagi and Sonada. Danny, how did you feel about this match? I know you've checked it out today. This is from the Road Two show. I think it was on the twenty third, maybe the twenty fourth. I think it was the 24th, yeah, because it took me a while 24th. To, uh, to get round it. But, um, yeah, it was um, Sho and Akada and Sonada and Shingo. Um, great match. It was... It, there's not a lot you can say about it. It was really good, strong-style professional wrestling. Um, told the story. Obviously, we've talked about tag team wrestling in the past where having proper tag teams with proper names. However, we can make an exception for this because it's faction warfare. It's, um, you know, um, it, it's LIJ versus 
uh, show at Okada, and I think the night before they did Yo and Okada. Is that right? And there's, yeah, there's, and I think there was a, a Yo and Show versus another permission permutation of Lij as well over the last couple of days. So when you were going and saying tag team matches, you didn't, you know, can they subtly build up over the course of the year? All those random tag matches that you think are random, they subtly build up storylines over the course of the year. Um, right, first first thing about this thing that strikes me straight away, Sonada's beard was fucking on point. Oh, I think it needs to go, me. Don't like it. Oh, yeah. oh, there's obviously something wrong with you. Um, no, secondly, beards, beards are for ugly people that are trying to hide how ugly they are. And then in about five years' time, when beards go out of fashion, all these girls are going to be like, wow, my boyfriend really is one ugly bastard. The other thing that, that, that said, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, men, there's men who have beards and then there's women. Um, so, first of all, my only, only criticism of, it's not just this match, but it's anyone that Sonada is involved in, and I love Sonada. Can we fucking stop with the paradise lock? Oh, it's, I know. It, how bad did it look when Okada escaped out of it? Well, he didn't escape out of it. Sonada just kicked it. He just it fell forward. He just himself. I know. I, I was, I felt that was, <laughs> I'm glad you've commented on that. It's neither painful nor funny. The, no. When it was first but, done, it Danny, was quite amusing. It's over though. That's the thing. It's over with the crowd. It's not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It it's is. not. It's really not. Um, I we'll agree anyway. to disagree on that one. But can yeah, I just get to the main talking point of this match? How well do Sho and Shingo work together? Oh my God, I can't wait for that singles match, which has to happen, probably in the best of the Super Juniors. I love their chemistry together. Sho came across as an absolute star in this match. Yeah, they, they really did. It's strong forearms, strong gladiators, chops. It really it looked like fight, and it looked like people were... The two of them were really laying things in. A show come out of this match with all the shine. Um, as good as Shingo was, and as good as the other guys were, this spotlighted um, this spotlighted show in a fantastic way. You can see you know, they're not just junior tag teams any part of a junior tag team anymore. Both of these lads have got something about them. Girls love them over there. The the guys love them because. They've got that hard-nosed, in-your-face kind of uh, attitude in the ring. Um, yeah, I, I can't agree anymore with you. It was absolutely fantastic. It, and every time the, somebody threw it through a chop or a laddie's or a forearm, you're like, oh, you could feel it. Yeah, it was great. When it just shows that you could like, I've for the last year I've skipped over these roll two shows. So I just don't class them as important. And I've watched probably one of my favourite tag team matches of the year on one of these shows. Um, how good of a venue, Danny! I tweeted it out in the week. Is Corican Hall? Oh, it's it, the atmosphere. <laughs> I'll experience it in January. The hotels are booked. You booked the hotel. I am going to see it as well. No, but I, we, it's booked. It's booked. It's sort of job done now. As I say, you did that last year as well. No, but I mean, it's it, it's booked. Neil's booked it. Yeah, but you booked one last year as well. Yeah, but it's paid for. Oh, you've actually paid? Yeah, well, Neil's paid. I owe him back. 
I hope he's charging your uh, points on the VIG. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, enough of our financial disruption. But yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom next year. Hopefully nothing goes wrong. Hopefully, I don't know. Anyway, so, right, so yeah. Yeah, I know, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, there's other rooms left in the hotel if you fancy adding a room on. Uh, you know, Danny, you know that you're going to end up adding a room. You're going to end up coming. We've discussed this. I'm going to get a GoFundMe, get Danny to Corican. Um, right, so yeah, so that's basically all the New Japan stuff I wanted to talk about. I think we'll talk more, Danny, about New Japan next week as we'll preview the Dontaku shows. I myself will be watching more of these Roll 2 shows. So if there's anything, then I think we'll talk about New Japan more next week. We need to preview the best of the Super Juniors. We need to preview Dontaku. And there's quite a big show on Monday, I think. Um, I can't think, I don't know what it's called, but the main event is Goto against Jay White. So we will be definitely be talking about that next week. Right, so we've talked about New Japan. I think the last thing we need to discuss, Danny, is what is happening this weekend. What are your plans for the weekend? My plans are not really um, a great deal. Um, I'm going to be watching um, Hogan's Catty Impact Show, um, which is Rebellion. Uh, back in Canada, um, and also the Crocker Cup, uh, which is yeah. on the Sunday nights, I think. Uh, oh, no, it's a Saturday night as well. So I'm going to be hoping to catch up with them over the course of the weekend. Um, both cards look really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it's something a bit different as well. So looking forward to both of those cards. What about yourself? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just be... I'll probably go on North End Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow, the last home game of the season. Um, and then just just relax with my daughter. Um, looking at the, these two shows, I will definitely be watching. I'll be watching a bit of the Roll 2 New Japan shows. But the Rebellion show, for people who want to know, the main event is Johnny Impact versus Brian Cage for the Impact World Championship with Lance Storm as a special guest referee. And another match on the show, which I'm sure is going to be great, the Lucha Brothers... Phoenix and Pentagon versus LAX, which always deliver a good match. So make sure you watch the Rebellion yeah, show. Um, I think I think that match. It's also one of the um, the uh, the Full Metal Mayhem. Yeah, uh, Full matches. Metal Mayhem. That'll be interesting. So that just adds going. a new dimension to it as well. Uh, really, probably my match of the night that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, they had a great match at the Fight Club Pro Show last week. Uh, just like an eight-minute, nine-minute sprint match. But Danny, I'm going to be honest with you. Looking at this Crockett Cup lineup, I think this lineup is even better than the Impact lineup. There is a match here that really does stand out for me, and that is the Briscoe Brothers versus the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> now, for anyone honest. who watched, anyone who watched the Joey Janela Spring Break show, you know. Ricky Morton can still go. He was doing Canadian destroyers in the match with LAX. And with the Briscoes, you know it's going to be an insane match. Um, as I say, you've got Bandido and Flip Gordon as a team. You've got a match here, Danny, that stands out. Brody King and PCO versus Kojima and Nagata. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. going to be a big match. I am excited for that match. We've obviously got Nick Aldis versus Marty Skull for the NWA Championship. That should be a good match. They've obviously got a... There's a video on YouTube, actually, of a build-up video for this match. Go and check that out. Um, on the, the NWA one. 
It's Dave Lagana, the same people that did Ten Pounds of Gold. Absolutely fantastic. Um, a talented videos. The guys that produced there, unbelievable. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Willie Mack versus Colt Cabana for the NWA National Championship. So definitely watch these shows. This show is Saturday night. I think I'll probably watch it Sunday morning, Danny. Um, hopefully, I don't know if we'll be able to do this, obviously, with time restraints. It'd be nice if we could maybe do a review of the Crockett Cup and the Impact shows, either on next week's show or maybe during the week. We'll definitely yeah, I've got, I've got no, no, no problem with that. Um, it, it, it's also nice because... It's something a bit different, isn't it? Um, a really Real. good impact show. I'm excited. And a, you know, like Willie Mack, somebody I've seen a lot, and I, I like him a lot. Um, and him and Cole Cabana, I think that'll be a fun match. Um, also, one of my favourite women um, is going to be going on the card there, um, challenging for the NWA Women's Championship. Alison Kay, formerly Sienna, former mixed martial artist, had the time with Shimmer. Been over to Japan. Oh, whenever I see her, she impresses me. Um, and she's going to be facing Jazz for the NWA Women's Championship. And then Jazz has pulled out. out. Jazz has pulled out. Has she? No, man. Yeah, it's Alison K versus Santana Garrett. Uh, oh, Jazz okay. has got. They've not released the injury. It's something. It's a medical reason. And um, I was listening to an interview with Dave Lagana. He didn't specify what it is, but he just said it's medical. So it's for the. It is Alison K versus Santana Garrett for the vacant NWA Women's Championship. Oh, so the vacant. Right. Okay. Well, also as well, the the there's a wild card battle royal, um, and. The Midnight Express are going to be involved in that as well. So we're talking about Ricky and Robert still being able to. They don't look like they could still go, but they can. Um, sure. So Bobby Bobby Eaton's going to be there um, as part of the Midnight Express. All three members of, the, of them are going to be there. And, and again, Bobby Eaton does not look like he can go, but I've seen he does very specialist, very few and far between indie appearances now. And I saw him last year, and he looked fantastic. Yeah, so definitely check these shows out. Me and Danny will be back to review these two shows. Um, I think that's everything we wanted to talk about, Danny. I'm looking at the time. We've gone We've gone a long time, but I'm, for my personal preference, I prefer podcasts that are longer myself. Um, I hope everyone has enjoyed this. We're just giving it a trial run. But we're going to be doing, basically me and Danny have decided... We personally prefer to listen to podcasts with more than one person on it. So instead of us both doing our separate shows as often as we have been, we're going to unite and we are going to do our own show, basically recapping the week in wrestling, the Wrestling Newspaper Weekly. Um, I've enjoyed it, Danny. You enjoyed the first show? I've enjoyed the show. Um, it's just a shame about the company. <laughs> behave yourself right so we will be back reviewing the impact homecoming the crockett cup shows we'll be back next week to talk more new japan we will have all your wwe news as well as always danny is there anything you'd like to plug um mentioned previously before but uh, this week or this coming thursday TNT Ignition, if you're in or around Liverpool at the time, it's 15 quid for the tickets or 20 for the VIP. Come down, drink beer, have fun in a relaxed atmosphere. Definitely worth it. Sona Derson will be wrestling. Somebody I have very, very high hopes for and really enjoy watching. So please do come down if you're around the area. Come and say hello yeah, to me. Definitely. 
Yeah. Are you going to plug your Twitter or what? I set you up and you start plugging something else. (laughs) Right. So to make sure you follow us on Twitter, I am at Wrestling News FM. Danny, I don't know what your Twitter handle is. It is now at Danny WNFM. Yeah, I hope you've all enjoyed the show. We're going to be back weekly doing this. We might try and do a bonus show during the week if we either of us have the time. We're going to be reviewing the Crockett Cup. And is it the, I think I said homecoming, it's Rebellion pay-per-view, the Impact Show. That is what we will be watching this weekend. Um, Make sure you check out our vlogs, our vlogs on the YouTube channel. Just simply search Wrestling Newspaper. All the links to our iTunes and to the YouTube are pinned to our Twitter. Go and watch them. We've got videos up there, daily videos from our experience at WrestleMania 35, at the New Japan Show at MSG. Our, mine and Danny's experience at Fight Club Pro last week. And don't forget to check out the video where Danny vlogs, whatever you want to call it, his experience at the night with Jimmy Havoc last night in sunny Liverpool. I think that's the show, Danny. I'll let you say bye to all our viewers. I hope, Danny, you enjoy your theme music for this show. Wink, wink. That's it from me, everyone. You put Savage Garden on. I swear we'll fall out. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. You'll have to listen to the start of the show. So, from me, from Danny, see you later. See you later.